Coming Out Black is an online community built to support and celebrate our First Nations mob in the LGBTQIA community. We've developed this podcast to share our stories and we want you to join us for these conversations. This is a special episode of Coming Out Black, as Courtney sits down with two remarkable guests, Ryan and his mother Kiki. We reached out after seeing a post on Facebook about a GoFundMe page used to raise money for her son's top surgery, and we're incredibly excited to be able to share their story. Ryan is a Narrabal man, a talented musician, tutor, author, and is recognised in his community as an incredibly big-hearted and caring person. Ryan is also undertaking some huge strides in his transition journey. Long before European invasion, transgender people have been a part of our culture. Fast forward to modern day. Common names you'll hear are sister girls and brother boys used to describe trans men and women in the community. Despite the significant increase in public acceptance, education and representation, transgender mob are still among the most marginalised groups in Australia. The Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Suicide Prevention Evaluation Project highlights the underreporting of sexuality and gender diverse Indigenous populations. The report indicates that there is a need for more reporting, identifying problems like many people getting lost in the statistics and calling out for a more need for research and support into this particular area. The ways we can contribute to support and promote awareness is by telling our stories, supporting each other, leaning in, checking in and listening. So we're extremely excited to share with you Ryan's story. When did you know that the body that you were in didn't feel like it was the right one for you? Yeah, um, so I think when I was very, very young, kind of as soon as I grasped my head around the concept of gender, being a male just kind of seemed natural. Um, I can't ever remember a time before that thinking that I was female. Um, and then I guess I started realizing that I wasn't biologically male when I started kind of learning about the differences between women and men. And then I guess, yeah, I kind of thought that was something that everyone had, like people were just kind of confused before they learned that kind of thing. Um, I've seen a metaphor going around quite lately about how kind of people talk about how do you know, you know, if you're left-handed or right-handed, you know, that kind of just came to you. Like your left hand or right hand just seemed very natural to you. And didn't that wasn't really a debate. And I guess I was the same way with my gender even while I was very young yeah wow that's an incredible analogy and I must say um brother you're so well spoken um I feel like I switched the mic and you'd be the interviewer this is um gosh you're um yeah incredibly articulate so that being said when when I guess when you first started to realize how did that sort of make you feel day to day like um confusing (laughs) I think school and starting school was especially hard um, because that was kind of when you first see people who their only real understanding of gender is just like the basic stereotypes. Um, You know, the girls like pink and the boys liked cars and blue and it was um, 
you know, even in like playtimes and really early grades in school, there were always two tables and there was a boy table and a girl table and I couldn't go to the girls table because, you know, I wasn't female enough to go there, but I couldn't go to the boys table because I wasn't male enough to go there. And I remember just never really being able to enjoy playtime in those kind of early years. Um, and that was really difficult for me um, because I never really got to figure out and trying to know who I am. Yeah. Um, I think when I got to like real school in like first and second grade where I kind of realized that something was up, <clears throat> I, had a, I had a close group of friends and occasionally I talked to them about that and they as much as they supported me they were still like seven eight um and that wasn't really something that they understood yeah um and so i guess kind of told me to move past it so very young i didn't really you know i wasn't too sure where to go yeah wow and between you both obviously kiki you're super supportive of ryan when did you realize that he was having some difficulty and did you guys have a conversation that sort of changed everything you know in hindsight i can see a lot of things that i never saw um in hindsight i can see you know from my sort of memories of him being a toddler even that um he definitely wasn't feminine um you know, as his mum and having who I thought was a girl, I obviously tried to put him in that box. He remembers giving me lots of hints over the years, but they just went over my head because I, <laughs> that was the last thing I was expecting. Um, so, yeah, his actual coming in, he's probably better to talk to you about it than me. <laughs> yeah, so tell, tell me all about that, Ryan. When I was about seven, uh, I remember walking in on my mom and she was watching a documentary about a trans man and that was the first time I had ever heard of something like that and I realized in that moment that um, that kind of put a label onto everything that I had been feeling and as much as for a lot of people that is kind of like an amazing moment for them because they finally figure out what it is that they've been struggling with. For me, it was a little bit too confronting. Um, and I remember locking myself in my room and crying and I couldn't handle the fact that I now had a label for it because it was something that I really just wanted to forget and look past. I think as it started to kind of push towards the front um i ended up kind of having a bit of hyperfemininity for quite a few years up until i was about 12 because i guess i was just kind of trying to push it uh deep down in the hopes that it would kind of disappear i also went to a christian school in that time um and i think before that i had been very like um, adamant that I didn't want to go, but now that I knew who I was or who I thought I was, um, I thought that maybe going to a private school would help me push that even deeper down. Um, but I think it kind of had the opposite effect. And seeing so many people who fit into a box, I just kind of knew that I wasn't that. 
so I ended up kind of reaching out on the internet um, and I made a few friends online and I guess I kind of had the moment of um, I need to tell my mother because uh, it's difficult having to go to school and pretending to be a female and then going home and having to do the same thing and it was just kind of a never-ending cycle so while I had these really close online friends um, I kind of built up the courage to write a letter to my mother um, and put it on the door for when she came home from work. Yeah, so I talked to them about that and then I think halfway through it kind of the realization hit me and I was like there is a big chance that this won't go well. Um, and so I had a bag packed with all of the necessities that I need. Um, if I were to be kicked out, and there's nothing that mom could have done to lead me to that. Oh, I was just going to say, Ryan was 12 when he came oh, out. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just kind of, I prepared myself for that. Um, and she saw the letter, and I remember I could hear her rustling around and, like, reading it. And so I ran upstairs, and I pretended to be asleep. Um <laughs> And she called me and she was like, chat. And I was like, oh, maybe soon, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> um, but eventually I did calm down and she was very confused <laughs> to say the least. But um, I guess I just had to educate her the best I could. I just, numbers. yeah, researched yeah. everything I could, like being a social worker. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched all the videos I could find and read everything I could and joined any groups I could find. and and just kind of saturated myself with anything trans to get my head around what was like going on with him. Yeah, definitely. And and you guys sound pretty close. I was going to say, like, was that something that really kind of cemented your already, what, what it sounds like, already close relationship? What did that do for you guys? Like, Ryan, did you feel like you could start to, yeah, suddenly be more yourself? Yeah, yeah, it's been huge. Like, you know, as his mother I've had to be his advocate every step of the way and fight for him and there's been times in our life when it's been us against the world or you know we've had some really amazing moments as well like you know when a psychiatrist finally went you know yep you're transgender you're fine there's nothing wrong with you you're going to grow up to be you know a strong man um you know when he got approved puberty blockers all those kind of moments we've shared that have I'm sure have made us like a lot closer yeah um yeah and we've had to have some really honest and hard conversations like you know before puberty blockers he had to decide whether or not he wanted to have kids you know and that's not something you usually talk to your 13 year old about no now are you sure yeah ryan i want to want to hear a little bit from you about what it's been like yeah since coming out and in the process of transitioning um yeah i want to hear a little bit about school and how that's gone for you so far yeah so high school was like new territory it was um yeah it was intense and i came out to you know the close group of friends that i had before i came out to my mother um and i guess before i publicly transitioned they were very i guess accepting they were accepting as they could be for someone that they didn't understand. But I think when I was cutting my hair short and wearing a binder and changing my clothes and speaking differently, that was kind of when it hit them. Mm. Um, and they were 
that wasn't something that they could um, accept. And also it kind of put them in danger because um, I guess transitioning made me a target uh, for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I had a lot of people that would follow me around to classes and taunt me and throw rocks at me on the way home um, and from my old private school because uh, I have to walk past there to get home. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of bullying and rock throwing and um, bad conversations and just ignorant people. Um, yeah. It, it was pretty difficult for me, but I think as much as it hurt and I couldn't stand it, um, I think in a way those kind of things validated me just because it was like, this is real at first. It was like, I'm finally out. And as much as I'm getting this hate is like, I'm still who I am now. And I'd rather get hate for being who I am than being loved for who I'm not um eventually after that yeah, it kind of got a bit too much and I wasn't showing up to school at all and um I ended up going to I think two alternative schools um I've been to 13 different schools so far wow 13 yeah so I guess has it been um people's reactions to yourself um that has led the, the changing of the schools or i think it's about it's a little bit of both a lot of the school changes happened before mm-hmm. but a lot of the reasons for those school changes as me kind of uh not being the same as everyone else yeah. so it's been an issue for a long long time but now it's kind of a mix between it's my journey and also that people saying things gets a bit old um, yeah of course I really value my education and I think I just didn't want to be at a school where other people got in the way of that. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it's and it, and by the sounds of it like you just sound incredibly mature, but I think that obviously that, that comes with the territory of um, you know, being someone who's quite young that's that's been through quite a lot um so early and I commend you for the way that you, you, by the sounds of it, your perspective on life, no human being deserves to be treated unequally. Like I think it's it's one of those things where when you're a kid in high school, you, you see people talking smack or being mean and that was just normal and even physical bullying, that was just kind of normal and you just kind of hope that it doesn't happen to you. But as an adult, um, like that doesn't fly in real life because like, you know, people get charged for violence or they get fired from their office or workplace for for bullying so it's interesting that how yeah when you're younger it sort of seems to be okay yeah but it's definitely not in the real world I suppose outside of school and I know that when you're in school like there's so many ways you can get away with it and there's so many ways you can not get caught and I like and I get I know that's why kids do it but I want to know why you think that you do get targeted so much. Do you think it's fear or do you think it's a, a, lot, a lot of the worst stuff is just people going along with it? All of it is just people not really understanding what it is. Yeah. People tend to be scared of things they don't understand. And I guess also trans is such a, I guess, strange and it's not new. 
but people like to think of it as a very new thing and obviously with new things comes negative press and most of the trans people who I've seen who are headlining and stuff they're people who are quite strange and maybe have very different opinions to a lot of trans people or it's like trans people who have done bad things I guess they don't really understand how badly that affects trans people who are in school and any <clears throat> um people who are transitioning in the real world yeah of course and um I guess we can all sort of relate yeah otherwise with you know we're being mob um you know we always un- unfairly get stereotyped under that banner and even being part of the lgbtqia community it's it's hard because in both ways you know if so if someone who's part of our community you know disappoints the community in some way we all we all feel the the effects of it but then it goes the other way if someone in our community is hurting we're all hurting and um and i think um that's quite interesting but I want to delve a little bit deeper into you're talking about 13 schools, feeling like you don't fit in, having having trouble in the early stages before finally kind of putting the pieces together and coming out. Um, how is how does that affect you? And I, essentially, I want to know kind of what is what's been the hardest part so far, and obviously it's something you're still working through. But how how difficult has this been um, for you mentally? Um, it's been very difficult and it's taking like a giant toll on my mental health. And I guess a lot of the people that look at me, a lot of the time I wish that they could live a day in the life um, of me. But at the same time, I wouldn't wish this kind of feeling upon my worst enemies because feeling like you don't belong in your body is one of the worst feelings imaginable. And I think... You know, like I was saying, if you're right-handed and you're writing with your left hand and you're forced to write with your left hand your entire life, it's not like you get used to writing with your left hand because your brain just isn't programmed that way. And obviously it's going to be really uncomfortable and probably painful Mm. to push your left hand to do that. It's the same way, but, you know, worse because because it's your entire body. Uh, and I also think that as much as I love the fact that I've had the strength to come out and the fact that I'm living my truth now, I think what I struggle with and what a lot of other trans people struggle with, which isn't really spoken about enough, um, is that people don't really see us for anything other than being trans. And I think like a lot of people that know me, if someone was to ask something about me, they'd say, oh, he's trans. Or I think what people really need to focus on is the other qualities that trans people have because they're just normal people. Yeah. um, Living normal lives. And I think it's something that I wish was more of a background thing. but not right up in my face. But, you know, I guess as much as everything's taking quite a bit of a toll on me um, and other people's words do get to me as much as people say, just ignore them because they're scared of things they don't understand, which I do agree with. You know, it's a lot easier said than done. I, I don't regret coming out or coming out as early as I did in the slightest because I think the longer you leave it, the harder it is to come to terms with yourself. Yeah. That's very true. Um, I want to ask mum, like, what, what's it been like 
um, supporting Ryan, particularly through his journey, but with, with his mental health as well. What's, what's that been like for you? I think Ryan was probably maybe 10 when I first noticed there was mental health issues going on. Um, I've seen him go through panic attacks. Um, he was cutting himself quite badly for a long time. Um, he's OD'd a couple of times. I mean, I was in fear of losing him, you know. Um, there's been, especially before puberty blockers, so just, I guess, him hitting puberty and things happening to his body that he didn't want to happen. Um, he went to some really dark places. And, yeah, I've had to just, you know, just hold him some nights. There's nothing else I can do, you know, to try and make him feel better. Um, it's really good now. I think, yeah, he's still, you know, pretty early on in the journey, but I'm seeing resilience now as much as everything's been horrible. There's been some really amazing things as well. And I think, you know, I'm sure you could relate. We've met some bloody amazing people, yeah. you know? I think, I think like a lot of people say, like, what's the best thing about being trans or supporting a trans person? A lot of people say nothing and they make a joke out of that. But I think the best thing about it is the people you meet. Yeah. Um, and the bonds that you make. For sure. I've, I've met a lot of parents of trans kids that have really helped me on my journey. And yeah, I, I think it, obviously this is Ryan's journey, but as his mother, it's taken a toll on me too. I've lost friends. You know, when he came out, I lost friends as well. I had to deal with that rejection and, and family and um, that's been hard. But the parents that I've met, you know, who are supporting their kids just like I do with Ryan, they're, they're just inspirational, you know, and it's so good to just be able to talk to them and have them, um, you know, just get what's going on in our lives. Yeah, definitely. And the concept of understanding, it's more even the fact that, it would be really difficult to be friends or um, around people that don't prove and not that it's their place to approve or be or to really to feel anything because it's none of their business, I suppose, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I've joked to Ryan, sometimes it's almost like... It's, it's a bit of a detector for good people, <laughs> you know. If they're not willing to come to terms with it or accept it, chances are you wouldn't want them as friends to begin with. Yeah kind of like a yeah. sifter <laughs> like I mean I think you'll come to find um you know Ryan most people treat each other like human beings but unfortunately there there is still the mass is actually not on the opposite side if that makes any sense you sort of look at the plebiscite for gay marriage um yeah recently look at the Black Lives Matter movement at the moment things that we all thought would never happen are happening yes it's, it's interesting we actually have so much support um but unfortunately it's yeah probably not the the geographic that you're around right now but it will further improve as a society i hope um to be more accepting and i think that's stuff that young kids are learning now in school i wonder whether a trans lives matter protest might happen one day <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they're happening uh, in the US right now. Obviously, you guys have probably seen the news about Donald Trump's. I think Australia, we have had some, but um, I do know that it's something that is probably amongst many of the other things that we uh, need to fight for in this country. But it's definitely around, and I definitely think it, it's coming, particularly part of pride as well. Ryan, you're, you're at a point now where you sort of see 
what's ahead. You've, you've got some steps in place for what's next. So I want to hear a little bit about that. So I think your mum was talking before about blockers and I think myself, I'm, I'm very uneducated in this area, but I'd love for you to yeah explain a little bit about it as much as you'd like. So I am on puberty blockers, which is called Lucrin at the moment. Um, that stops all of my developing as a female so um i don't have a cycle anymore um and i my body doesn't boost estrogen okay and next year i'll be on testosterone which we call t and everything you could think of will begin to become male you kind of go through a second puberty okay fun fun yeah (laughs) the first one was horrendous (laughs) Um, but then after that, we are hoping to get my top surgery done. So I've been signed off for that. That's awesome. Yeah, we're just raising the money at the moment to be able to get the top surgery. But once we've met our goal, I'll be um, heading to get that done. Hopefully um, next June. That's hopefully next June. Yes. yes. Awesome. And yeah, I, I suppose, and that's why. Um... I ended up reaching out to you guys because I did see Kiki posts about this in um, a different social media. I think right now the fundraiser is at 1,180. So we've got about 5K and a bit to go. And um, obviously I want to share your story so we can get get this out there and, and give some people some context around why you're fundraising. And also as a sort of opportunity for, for other people to hear your story. And, and Ryan, hopefully this is conversations that other other people in, in similar positions as yourself can can listen to and, and relate to. And that that's the point of our the podcast and the online community that we've created recently. But I want to ask as well, with top surgery, how do you feel like in the lead up, I think your mum was saying yesterday that there's there's a psychologist appointment. Um, I think she said you're doing a bit of PT at the moment. You have to sort of physically be ready for something like that. Are you, do you feel emotionally like you're super ready for that as well? Yes, uh, 100%. I, I do have to lose quite a bit of weight before I go um, and get the surgery. Uh, but it's been going really well at the moment. I lost like five kilos in how many weeks? Yeah, about five weeks. So it's been he's been working really hard, and um, we've really changed the way we eat, and as well, and yeah, we're feeling good. We're using the blender a lot. I never thought I would use the blender <laughs> so much. But he have surgery today if he could, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess as he's, I just want to see him just being who he is, and and hopefully being able to have a a bit of happy adolescence you know yeah definitely and I mean as much as high school sucks um for a lot of people um it shouldn't it shouldn't be this this tough and you should be allowed to be who you are and for yourself moving forward like I think we've just kind of touched on it but what what would you want moving forward for yourself what do you hope for the future from now I hope that I guess as much as I am accepting myself more and more every day, I hope that I can really come to terms with the fact that I am who I am um, and reach my education goals and get my top surgery done and my weight loss and um, my hormones and just grow up being happy I don't really expect anything other than that um I do also hope that um I get to help other young trans people and especially young indigenous trans people be 
who I am and who I will be. But yeah. Yeah. I guess it, it makes <clears throat> the trans stuff like you were saying earlier about being less important, right? Yeah. Yeah. When his voice is dropped and he's got a you know beard or whatever, however he wants to wear his facial hair and he's got top surgery, <laughs> for me I feel like he can just get on with his life then. Yeah. 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 It's just like a huge roadblock at the moment, but I'm hoping that soon it'll just kind of help me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you sound like a really big hearted young man and super articulate and clever. And, you know, I only hope that all of those things happen for you, if not a lot of success moving forward. And you're our brother now. So um, I, I hope to to keep continuing um, hearing how you're going and, and watching you, um, you know, flourish into, you know, you're ready to sound like an incredible human. So I'm looking forward to yeah seeing how, how your journey keeps going and um, hopefully we can connect you with, with other mob. And, but more so it's just incredible to hear a story of such strong resilience for someone that's quite young in life um, in general in this space. So um, any uh, advice that you would give to parents the early stages of supporting their child in, in their transitioning journey? Yeah, sure. Thank you for that um, question. That's a really good one. Um, I would suggest, yeah, going to their GP and getting a referral to a gender clinic. So um, most capital cities have them now. Um, and, yeah, just reaching out. I mean, anybody's welcome to reach out to me or, you know, um, other, other parents. Um, I know we're in in Logan, which is near Brisbane, so Open Doors has been amazing and Ryan had a Murray caseworker there who was brilliant. Um, and yeah, just I guess just being open minded and being led by your child. I mean we've been we've grown up with, you know, very binary ideas around gender and it's really just being open minded enough to, to see something different. I always, I always think of like, you know, intersex people in that, you know, I guess they're in this kind of in between, you know, like we've been taught that the world's male or female, the end. Yeah. And um, you know, there's some there's something different, I guess, that calls for a bit of open mindedness around gender. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Ryan, um, if you have any advice for anyone that have probably potentially sourced out this podcast or are listening, what advice would you provide? I think one thing a lot of people tend to say just come out because you'll feel better um but I think one thing is make sure you're safe before you do that perhaps try to educate people and have the best understanding that you can towards people who are having a bit of a hard time coming to terms with it Mm. um and I'd also just say that it gets a lot better and that things do turn around as hard as they are yeah that's awesome gee thank you so much um the both of you you. and what an amazing story of strength and resilience um i know that this is one of many unique stories about our trans mob and we'd love to continue to keep having these conversations for those that are interested in helping us support ryan in his journey uh, we will have his gofundme link on our instagram bio um, until the money is raised We are also calling out to any trans mob across the country or across the world that um, would love to give some kind words to Ryan or any advice. Um, This is a time where we all really want to stick together. And I know that even just by listening to this podcast, we're all already helping Ryan in some way, just like other mob by sharing our stories. And I encourage you to share this one.
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Coming Out Black. You can support us by following our Facebook, our Instagram, and emailing us if you have any ideas for what you'd like us to do next. Make sure you're following, liking, and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen to, and we'll see you next time on Coming Out Black. Black.